I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is good. I'm just that sad, is sad clown. Dude, that's pretty good. This is The Gloom, bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha packs, exploring their F3 experiences, and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in The Gloom. All right, it's uh, my, it's my favorite time of the day because I get to interview another high impact man, and uh, some would say this guy is our only hope. Uh, and I I think I would agree. I've had so many conversations uh, in the gloom with this guy, and he's just passionate about other people uh, and and putting others first, and uh, that's encouraging to me, and it hopefully is to you guys too. And uh, so Obi Wan, it's good to see you, man. You you look really good this morning. Um, Unfortunately, it's a podcast, so guys won't be able to see it. But uh, why don't you start us off uh, from the beginning? Who eh'd you? What was the first workout like? And and how did we land on this amazing name of Obi Wan? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me, playing. This is this is a cool opportunity. So, uh, yeah, the eh. So um, almost full credit goes to uh, Barn Door. I got kind of a little bit of a long story here of, of the EH process, but so I worked with Barndor about 15 years ago and uh, through uh, leaving that company, uh, started working for somebody else, um, still within the construction industry. So I'd, I'd run into Barndor every once in a while. And uh, one of the times I ran into him, he really, really looked good. I, I just brought it up to him like, Hey man, you look, you look really good. You know what, what's going on? And He's like, oh, this F3, and he was going on and on about it. And, you know, like most sad clowns, it was like, ah, no, not for me. So after seeing him a couple times, um, hearing about it a little bit more, um, I was actually on Twitter. And for all of our Chicken Neck podcast listeners out there, uh, they had retweeted or quote tweeted uh, one of Biff's Namoramas. Oh, nice. And these guys were having a great time. It looked like so much fun. And uh, I, I noticed the F3 and I was like, okay, well, two and two equals four. So I should probably reach out to Barndor and see what this is all about. And so hit him up again, let him know I was looking for something in the, you know, uh, kind of renew some fitness in my life. And um, that was maybe on like a Monday and he reached out to me on a Wednesday and was like, hey, come out to Maze. Let, let's get your first day under your belt and let's figure this out. So show up That's on a Thursday morning at the Maze. And uh, Griswold is on the queue, and uh, it may not have been that hard for most people, but it was exhausting on my first day. Hadn't done a whole lot of fitness before that, so uh, it was really tough. Uh, remember running into a couple specific people through the beatdown, and then at the end, uh, yeah, I got in the middle of the circle and said my name was Henry Kenobi, and I have two kids, and not much else, and. I'm pretty sure his wait time from the back row was like Obi Wan. <laughs> so that's how the that's how the name came about. Nice. So so for guys that don't know, so your last name because so what's the guy's name in it's Star Wars, right? Yeah. So Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay. And so and then they just yeah. spelled different, but um, yeah. yeah. Is that a nickname? Had that come up before in life? Like, did that ever? Has anybody else ever called you that, or this was the first? 
so a nickname never really stuck. Uh, you'd actually get it a lot at um, like the retail stores. They'd see the oh. credit card and they'd be like, Kenobi? So, <laughs> yeah. So the, fun, the fun part I always get to tell everybody is my uh, little brother's name is actually Ben Kenobi, which is the actual name of the character, the full name of Obi-Wan Kenobi is Ben Kenobi. So were you a Star Wars fan growing up? Like, were you, are your parents into that or? No. No. I don't know. I don't think they had any idea. Okay. That is funny. That is funny. So how did you know? So you knew Barn Door sort of through like a long-term work connection, it sounds like, right? Yep. Okay. And and tell me, you mentioned like fitness, maybe you weren't doing a whole lot before, but like growing up, did you, were you active in sports or what, what was sort of been your journey from a first half perspective? Yeah. So I grew up in a small town, so played, you know, sports year round until high school's over. I uh, got to college and, you know, you stay active through um, maybe some intramurals here and there, just some pickup games of this or that. Uh, but after college, uh, kind of hit the, you know, you like the, the P90X programs, the insanities, you know, here and there a couple months and then don't do anything for a, a year or two. So um, yeah. kind of off and on. But uh, um, yeah, when I when I had talked to Barndor the, the last time, uh, it was probably a year or two since I really did any consistent physical activity. Okay. What what small town did you grow up in? Uh, West Point, Nebraska. West Point. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Do you have any other guys from there? Any other packs that you've that have found their themselves in F three Omaha? I've ran into a quite a quite a few people that know people from the area, but okay. um, like nobody that I grew up with or anything. Okay. Like that. Got it. So that first workout, Griswold on the queue, I mean, did, did, were you gassed? Did you spill Merlot? What do you remember uh, other than it being difficult? Yeah, definitely gassed. Um, one thing that stuck out is uh, we did do Atlas that day. So I remember running up and down Atlas. That was horrible. Um, and then we did uh, at the maze, basically through the residentials, we just did like a grinder that you ran around the block. And uh, I'd I remember specifically being the six and there was just a pack of guys that came and got me on that last time around, which really stuck with me. Um, you know, it's something I'll remember for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to me too, is like, um, sort of where were you at? Like what got you to the point? Do you think that you were ready to say yes to the, to the invitation? It was just, was it just like, did you know something was missing? Had you, were you just sort of fed up with your current, you know, fitness level or what, what sort of mindset wise got you ready to say yes to that? Yeah, it was kind of a mix of a lot of things. Um, you know, you, you see pictures over the years and the great thing with phones now is you see year after year. Right. And, uh, yeah, it was right about, uh, I think it was Easter that year. I remember a, a picture specifically that it was like, man, we gotta, we gotta do something. Yeah. Um, and then just mentally, I, I'm, I'm one of those people. I, I'm fairly uh, wound tight, high strung. So any, any way to get that stress relief throughout the day is, is a good thing. So it, it's just kind of a combination of a lot of things that um, made me reach out to, to barn door. Yeah. Stress from work or family or all the above or, uh, all the above, right? Yeah. I mean, work work usually starts it, but then uh, yeah, it's it's always a mix of everything. 
Yeah, got it. No, I'm, I'm with you. I got to, if I start the day right, then it, it at least fills the tank, you know, and work will drain it maybe by lunchtime or whatever. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, tell me, you know, I, I think the other question I'll be, would be interested, like how you progressed, like, did you post Friday and Saturday? Like, how did you progress through like the next workout? Because I, I think sometimes the second one is the hardest one to come back to. Yeah. So um, I think I was pretty consistent right away. Um, for whatever reason, that first beat down, it just, the COT, everything at the end, the prayer, um, it was really just, it seemed like a really good way to start the day. So um, I remember the first probably two or three weeks was very challenging. Uh, you're fighting soreness. Uh, I don't know where the headaches came from, if that was a mix of soreness and, and lack of sleep. Um, but yeah, pretty consistent. And then, uh, so I started, I think it was September 16th of 21. Okay. And then, uh, I think it's September 30th is the anniversary of, uh, Chris Gradiville's passing. Mm -hmm. So I was there at combine that Friday morning. I think the, the day after he maybe passed, um, wow. that, was, that was a huge impact early on of, when I showed up that morning, I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea that a lot of the guys had relationships with Nugent. Um, but I remember that morning specifically, there was a different feel and you could just tell the impact that somebody had on all of these people's lives. And if he was part of this group, it seemed like it was somewhere I needed to be. Yeah. Had you, did you have a chance to work out with Nugent at all before then or? No. Yeah. No. Yeah, man. It, you know, it's so fascinating to me. Like you said, the, even when you're maybe not trying to have an impact, right. Just, just showing up, being yourself and encouraging other people has just a tremendous impact. And so many guys remember that about him, just, you know, just, even just coming to pick up the six, right. Or saying something encouraging to a guy who's maybe struggling with however many Merkins you're doing that morning or uh, yeah. Interesting. I'm, I'm sure that that morning was, a lot of mixed emotions. Do you, I guess, talk me through, you know, as you're thinking about um, kind of your, your fitness journey and how, how have we done in F3 Omaha sort of coming alongside you and in, in that, I mean, have you felt, have there been enough options? Have you had enough support? I mean, queen service, I don't know, just sort of riff on that. Yeah. On the, on the fitness side, um, plenty of options for sure. Uh, between the the MERS, the pre-runs, the the regular beat downs, um, halfway house now, uh, plenty of options for sure. Um, one thing that really kickstarted me was there was a couple of guys that uh, were early on in their uh, pre-run careers, if you'll call it, mm -hmm. uh, that reached out to me to to have them uh, have me join them, and that really kickstarted you know a lot of the relationships that you start building through that pre-run um, and just kind of set me off onto a fitness of actually somewhat liking running. I really never did before. It was pretty boring and it was hard. Yeah. Um, so through that process, uh, the pre-runs was a, just a great way for, yes, to, to increase the fitness side of things, but also, man, you just have a lot of good talks on those pre-runs, build some relationships with some guys. And then, um, yeah, you just, you just start seeing the same different people every day. Uh, in the gloom and it just kind of builds from there. Yeah. You, you sounded hesitant when you, you, it's almost like you're, um, I'm a runner, but I'm not, 
I never planned on this, right? I, I think we do. That happens to a lot of guys. I don't know. So you're running, do you do most mostly uh, pre-runs and have you done halfway house? It sounds like maybe you have. So I did once. Um, okay. I did not come close to finishing at the same time as the usual how, halfway house group does. But yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but I, I've done some of the shorter runs too, uh, a couple of the 5Ks there. So uh, it's a great option for once a month. Yeah. I love that guys reached out and just identified, Hey, we all kind of want to start this pre-running thing. Let's do it together. You know, we, it's funny this morning I, I showed up to a workout. We were getting ready to go on the pre-run. Somebody pulled in late. We went back to get him. It was uh, amazing. I don't know if you've met him yet, but he was getting out of, he was in his car and I was like, Hey, do you want to run? And he was like, well, not really, but since you're here, I guess I will. And And just sort of realizing like, he he wants to pre-run, right? But he needs a couple guys to come alongside him to to do that, which I think is is great, right? And the fact that you had guys do that was is really cool. Yeah, I, you know, oh, go ahead. I think, at least from my perception, and uh, you know, when I first started, it was intimidating seeing these guys come back from pre-runs. Um, the assumption was always that you know it was a pace that I wouldn't be able to keep up at. So um, I do love that most of the sites, we have different routes, different paces. Uh, we're, we're really trying to make sure we're welcome to everybody that wants to start running. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know of anybody in F3 that wouldn't, you know, stay back, hang back with anybody that would want to do a half a mile, a mile, um, just to get started. So um, yeah. that's been fun too, of, you know, trying to pay that back uh, throughout F3 and making sure that uh, myself and just chatting with other people of, you know, we're, we're watching the six on pre-runs too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. It's been cool to see that evolve over time too. Cause it's even, you know, now we've got guys showing up that are maybe injured or bruiser and they need, they want to walk. Right. So it's like, well, heck let's, let's walk, you know, sort of sacrificing that first F or the second F and to support another guy, which is super cool. I curious. Um, so when you look at your pictures now, how are you, how are you feeling? What's, have you made some progress? Have you had success there on that first F? Definitely. Yes. Um, is it all about that? <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely helped. Yeah. I, it's so funny. I remember my first eight block that I ever did. I think one of the goals I wrote down was like to have a six pack. Right. And then, <laughs> that's like, what a, what a shallow goal, you know, it's like, Oh man, I, you know, but over time, like you said, you just learn like, Oh, you kind of start looking around, like nobody's really here for that. Right. We're actually here for the, it's a coffee group. Um, talk to me about that. The second FP. So it sounds like runs, were a big deal, big part of your relationship development. What else was helpful in that space? Yeah. Um, coffee's always great, uh, between, you know, work schedule and, and getting kids ready in the morning. I, I do not go to coffee very frequently. Hmm. Um, so those pre-runs really are that second half time for someone like myself. Um, so yeah, through, through the pre-runs, um, obviously being a site queue was a great part of that building some fellowship with um, individuals that you maybe don't uh, go on pre-runs with or that aren't pre-running at the time. So uh, that definitely helped a lot. Um, Outside of that, it was just kind of keeping in touch with some of those guys that you make connections with in the gloom and, you know, uh, maybe some group text messages, maybe just some one-on-ones of just kind of keeping in tune with what 
everybody's got going on throughout their day and just kind of building upon that. Yeah. Have you, did you do any of the, uh, like pre-run Q source or have you been able to get, get engaged with the shield lock or any of those opportunities, things you've done? Yeah. So the, the Q source on the pre-runs. So, um, we did start that out at the maze and, uh, had some mixed reviews and been trying to keep it going. Um, Definitely one Q source that sticks out to me would be uh, the whetstone that uh, yeah. T-Ball had started when the whetstone opened. Uh, a lot of good conversations there. Um, always a great topic. Uh, it was always fun and interesting to see where the conversations went based on the topic. Oh. Uh, so yeah, a lot of good input from there. Um, even if you just go and, and really just listen to everybody, there's a lot of good uh, tidbits from just everybody in different walks of life. From Q source. Um, as far as shield lock goes, yes, uh, I'm part of a shield lock. Um, we're just phasing out of the year of most of us being site cues, so um, we haven't always been the best about uh, planning times to get together. We just we all kind of carry some very busy schedules, uh, at least in our own eyes. Um, so yeah, it, it's been a struggle to get together, but that doesn't mean that we haven't had some good. Um, you know, whether it be through our text messages or just different times you see the guys in the gloom, um, still a lot of good positive things from being part of that shield lock. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hopefully you guys can get together more regularly. I'm just always impressed with the guys that, you know, they form a shield lock, they're consistent and just the, you just sort of see, right. Just this level of accountability and confidence and some of those things um, just go, go way up because a lot of us have never had that sort of, you know, band of brothers, if you will, um, throughout our lives. But yeah. And I, I think that's a big part of the, the shield lock is the accountability piece where uh, we're all pretty open with each other on, you know, um, getting out in the gloom and then also keeping track of the stuff outside of the gloom is really where I've found the benefit of it. Yeah. Um, whether it be family, uh, your career, just kind of uh, being a man in general, mm -hmm. uh, really beneficial. Yeah. I know you've got, um, you mentioned you have two kids, but remind us what, um, so you and your wife been married how long? I was 13 years this summer. Wow. Okay. Congrats, man. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, two kids, our oldest daughter is nine, and then our son is five. Okay. Awesome. And I remember maybe one, a couple conversations of just, you know, kids um, for you, maybe taking some extra time or, you know, talk me through sort of family uh, dynamics and how that's all impacted maybe your ability to stay like for coffee or, you know, even I, like second F events in general are kind of hard for me, but what's been your experience there? Yeah. The, the second F events um, are, are tough with younger kids. Um, I, I don't like being away from home more than I need to. Um, I need to need to be there for uh, support for the family. But uh, so yeah, our, our youngest, our son, uh, he's on the autism spectrum. So uh, he does take a little bit more of our support and time. Um, but uh, man, I tell you what, the, the resources and the, the people that he's had around him in his life have made a, a huge impact on him already. He's only five. He started kindergarten this year. Nice. Uh, which I mean is a huge milestone. We there was times where we weren't sure what that looked like for him. So mm -hmm. um, it's it's a it's a day to day 
um, you know, challenge for, for myself, our, our entire family, for him. Um, but he's got the things in his life in, in place that um, are hopefully going to set him up for long-term success. Yeah. How old was he when you guys found out he had autism? Uh, yeah, he was about two and a half, just about three. Okay. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, was just at work and had a couple coworkers that, like, you know, we'd been working remote, but they both were talking about their kid around two or three that was recently diagnosed and sort of this light bulb went off on like, oh, we can, we can connect, right? We can, we can support each other. Curious, have you found other guys that maybe you've been able to share your journey with in that space? Just how, how do you deal with some of the challenges raising, raising kids and specific to a child with autism? Yeah. Um, haven't found anybody specifically. Um, but, um, as you know, pretty much anybody in F3, uh, anytime I bring it up or anytime I'm talking about it, um, everyone's more than supportive. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely something that, um, it, it's a challenge for a marriage. Uh, mm -hmm. just it, our attention is needed in different places than sometimes where we want it to be. So, um, through that and, and the shield lock, uh, just being able to lean on them or, or other guys in the glue of just, sometimes it's just a, a conversation of, Hey, here's what's going on. And sometimes just getting it out in the open, um, makes it seem not as bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wonder too, if like, as, as men, we don't like, we go through these things that are challenging, but we don't think to bring them up. And so then we're just going through it, not realizing the guy next to us has a very similar, you know, situation. So I appreciate you sharing that. I think we've talked on many runs and I'm just amazed your, your, you know, like you said, you're, you get stressed easily, but I would think, you know, myself, I know I would get stressed or even, you know, maybe self-conscious or sort of, you know, feeling like, you know, blaming yourself or that sort of thing. And you've just always approached it with a lot of grace and, uh, you know, some, some sense of peace knowing that like, Hey, this is, this is our situation and we're providing our son, you know, with the best resources we can. So I've just really appreciate your approach to that. Yeah. It's uh it's big T claps to mostly my wife. She's, uh, <laughs> yeah. she's taken the reins on all of it and, and really set, uh, yeah, not only him, but our entire family up for success. Um, yeah, she uh, can't thank her enough for, uh, it's a lot of weight she carries. So, um, yeah. Yeah. What's that quote behind every, every great man is a better woman or I, I can't remember what it is, but so tell me, has the concentrica been something that you've uh, sort of adopted or, or looked at as sort of a way to organize your approach to, to relationships in life? Yeah, it's definitely a, uh, a structure that, um, always striving to emulate, um, not always successful though. Yeah. Uh, I, I do find myself, um, a lot more on the putting more time into my career and my work than, um, you know, my family, my, my 2.0s, friends, family. Um, but it's always there. It's always in the back of my head of, you know, when, when you got a choice to make, what what is the right choice and, you know, what needs to be prioritized at this time. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's where I, I've probably struggled the most of um, just being present the times when I need to be present, whether it be at home um, with friends or family. Um, and just letting some other things go for the time being. Not that they're not important, 
but just prioritizing where you need to be and, and where you need to be. Mm. What have you found anything helpful in that space? I, you know, almost a selfish question there, but like I find myself constantly fighting, fighting that urge to focus on work. You know, I don't, I think maybe as men, that just is our, where our minds go, but what have you found anything that's been helpful in that space? Um, I think it's, some of it's just been um, surrounding myself with some good support individuals in that space. Um, just being able to, again, openly discuss it. And then, um, you know, it, a lot of the times it's the phone is a constant reminder of work. Mm. Uh, so even just letting that behind somewhere in the house, um, just, just trying to focus on, you know, hey, what, from my kid's perspective, what, what do they need dad to do right now? Um, and if that's play a game, then play a game. And you got to let that stuff go for a little bit. There's really nothing that I can do when we're making supper or, or um, in the evening that's going to make a, a difference at work. So yeah. um, if you got to get into it later that night, fine. But, um, you know, when you need to be present, try to be present where you need to be. Yeah. I love that. I feel like you had a COT one time that, that was like a be where your feet are uh, kind of thing. I, I could be remembering that wrong, but yeah, I love that, that idea. And I think, you know, even more, it's like the phone, right? If you can put the phone down out of sight, you know, and just, you know, be present. I think um, at least for me, I know it's a problem when my daughter is, is specifically telling me, put your phone away. You know, I think there's, you don't want them to be fighting, uh, for your attention with a device. I think that's, that always uh, gets me, but what, um, you know, I think as we're looking at sort of the, the third F piece then, and just thinking through, you know, so you've got, you know, I, I think you've got, uh, your family life, right. Maybe there's some stressors or uncertainty there with your son. And you've also got a daughter that you're trying to parent and, you know, be a good father too. And then this, your marriage that you're trying to, uh, also continue to, to nurture, where do you see like the third F or the faith, faith piece fitting into that? Or does it, does it for you? What's, what's been your experience there? So if anything, that piece uh, currently is probably the one piece that um, could use some strengthening, hmm. um, you know, through, I, I grew up Catholic. So through high school um, it was, it was mandatory. It was church every weekend. Uh, got to college and, you know, you kind of got that freedom and uh, maybe don't put it on the, the highest of priorities. So fell, fell away from uh, church a little bit during college. And then after uh, getting done with college, there was spurts here and there of, of getting back and, you know, members being a member at um, a church. So, um, but currently uh, since starting F3, I'd say, Faith in general, right? Um, our description is typically something bigger than ourselves. So whether that be church, um, you know, prayer, whatever it means to you, um, it's definitely kind of come full circle for me. Um, I love that we end every day in prayer. Uh, it's just great. And uh, but something that is is continually on my mind to mm -hmm. try to do some things better. And I think. Uh, at least for me, I get a little bit overwhelmed by it of thinking I, I need to be like all in or nothing Yeah, where it's probably a, a happy medium between all of them of doing what I can yeah. and strengthening where I can. So, 
um, yeah, definitely something that, uh, definitely something I could do better. Yeah. Where'd you go to college? Uh, I went to Southeast Community College in Milford. Okay. Awesome. I was trying to, you know, your story, so many guys have that same story, right? Sort of grew up in a, some form of organized religious background, went to college. I was trying to find like, maybe there's one college we need to go and talk to about, uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, now I, you know, what's so interesting to me is, um, it's kind of like, you know, when you're EH and a guy and they say like, well, I got to get in shape before I come to a workout, you know? And I think at least for me, like, uh, my church would, it's like, would tell you the same thing we tell a guy, you know, in that space is like, no, 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 you don't have to, you don't have to get into a certain uh, state of being or religiosity, right. To come and show up. It's really, um, you just have to come and start, you know, and I, I think it's tough, but I, I do think to your point, like we are gathering, you know, this group of people every morning and we're praying to a power bigger than ourselves. And I think that is for a lot of guys, that is a, a great starting point to sort of get back into it. Where, where do you think is the barrier for you these days when you think about just that personal relationship with, with a God or higher power? Yeah. I, I always hate to come back to time on everything. Um, it kind of goes back to the, I feel like I need to put a bunch of time into getting to a certain point. Mm -hmm. Or really, it's it's probably a lot of baby steps that um, add up to a lot. So yeah. it's just continuing to uh, to kind of work on it through, um, yeah, not only the gloom but outside of it, where I can. Yeah, do you feel like you have access to resources within F three to explore that? I mean, because for some guys, right, they're still trying to answer the the what what question, right? What happens when we die? What does that mean about? what I, how I live today, but do you feel like you have access to maybe it's other men or, or maybe it's book studies? I mean, how's that going? Yeah, I think there's absolutely the resources out there. Um, I've talked to many guys, um, either through a beat down or, or on pre-runs, um, about faith yeah. and, um, just knowing some of those individuals that have a strong faith, and leaning on them for, you know, either the courage or some, some insight of, Hey, here's where I'm at. How can you help? Um, what should I do? What shouldn't I do? Uh, so yeah, I, I think there is, um, just talking to, uh, talking to the guys. Yeah. I love that. I think God works through relationships for sure. And that's, you know, I, I, I don't know. I always, a few guys have said like F3, um, is their church in a way. And, and you think like, you can totally see that. Right. Cause we're, you know, it's, it's like, you're asking other people's opinions. You're, you know, and, and especially in a space where we're empowering guys to just be themselves and, and letting iron sharpen iron. Right. That's to me, I feel like that's probably how God envisioned it. Right. It's like, we're holding each other accountable to some pretty high standards, right? We're really trying to build up men as, as leaders in the community. So I definitely appreciate that perspective. What, what about other third F stuff? Have, um, have you had a chance to do like any of the community service stuff that we've put together or participate in Turkey trots or any of those things? Yeah. So from the community events, um, not as many as I would have wanted to, yep. um, yeah, the, the Turkey trot, uh, maze was the host for, um, for that uh, always a good time um tried with any of the the cereal drives we've done um the shoe drives um anything that we can 
basically provide something for yeah. um, for any of those community events, but not have not been to um, like Heartland Hope or, or any of those yet. But yeah, yeah, your kids are right at that cutoff. I'm in the same same place where I'm like, well. I'm sure my wife would appreciate it if I took my daughter there, but she's only eight, you know, eight and two. So it's like, you know, in a few more years. Um, but I do think we, there's a lot of stuff, right? Like you said, cereal drives or shoe drives where, you know, maybe you don't have the time to give, but you can bring, you know, shoes or cereal or, you know, that sort of thing. I just, I recently got a call from the blood bank about going to give blood and, you know, since we've moved, I'm so far away now that I can't get there, give blood and get back home over my, my lunch hour. But, um, anyway, that, you know, it all works out. And I think there's a season for, for everything, right. As we've, we, you know, so many guys with different circumstances, but, you know, anything, um, in your life, just sort of thinking about your, your experience and maybe, um, things that you've been through that have been sort of key factors in, in who you are today, anything in that space, maybe, um, challenges or things you've overcome or things you've worked through that you think would help other guys listening? Yeah. You know, I mean, a couple of things come to mind. Um, I feel like through all of the COTs that I've listened to and been part of, um, it really gives you good perspective. Um, I, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier of, you know, you, you, you think you have something in your life that's um, really rough and, and tough, but um, you start hearing from other guys and you, you start realizing that uh, they're really small challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there. Um, they're really hurting. Uh, so to gain that perspective, just through being through COTs with people being, so vulnerable. Um, it's really, it's really helped me. Um, just kind of my outlook. And then, uh, I mean, uh, so my mom passed away. It'll be just, it'll be six years in October. Um, so that, that was definitely a challenging one. Um, you know, I don't think it's anything that, uh, you ever really fully understand or, you know, quote unquote, recover from whatever you want to call it. Uh, something that's always there. So, um, but that's another thing, uh, sharing it through COTs or, uh, with individuals on pre-runs or in the gloom. Um, it just allows, allows you to process it a little bit. Yeah. Oh, so how old was she pretty young? I'm guessing. Was this, was it a sudden thing or was it something that you kind of knew over time was going to happen? Uh, so yeah, she, she was 57 when she passed away. Um, so she had battled brain cancer for about two and a half years. So oh, wow. it at least was not something sudden. Um, we had some time to prepare and some time to at least, you know, say our goodbyes and stuff. So there, there's definitely a lot of positives from it, um, that, that you understand over time, not right away. Uh, um, yeah. Man, I'm sorry to hear that. I, you know, it's one of those things that, even though, you know, you had some time, right. It's like you said, it's you, processing the loss of, you know, a parent, I think it's just, I don't know, it probably takes a lifetime to really fully grasp uh, the impact. Is your dad's still alive. Yeah. Okay. How's he doing with everything? Uh, pretty good. Um, we, we have our moments in our own relationship. Um, yeah. So, you know, that that's the other part of it too, as time goes on, um, 
there, there's these impacts down the road that it seems to, to kind of um, come up. You know, you notice it at the holiday times and just the times you would think you would. Um, kids going back to school, stuff like that. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that, man. I know it, you know, never easy to uh, reflect on those, um, those things. Right. But appreciate you just being vulnerable. You know, I think um, one of the other pieces that we really like to sort of get your perspective on is the, you know, our mission, right? So we're, we're trying to reinvigorate male community leadership and we think we've got a few uh, strategies for doing that, right? BQs and site cues, and then just other opportunities to lead. But uh, what's been your experience? Would love to hear, like, if you remember your VQ and, and then obviously would love to hear about uh, your leadership at the maze and what that was like for you. Yeah, I, I do remember my VQ. It was out at uh, Dragon's Lair. I happened to be uh, at coffee after a beatdown a, a couple months prior. And tonight's show had talked me into doing my VQ. So, um, yeah, it, it was a fun one that morning. I will forever feel bad. Uh, Escobar got a bum hamstring out of the deal. Uh, he was sprinting with somebody. I don't remember who it was, but uh, came up with a, a, an injury out of the deal. Um, well, you said the disclaimer though, right? So it's really not your fault, right? <laughs> it was on the sheet. I think I read it. Um, but no, it, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Something about those Saturday beatdowns, they're they're they just have a different feel to them. So it was really cool to have my VQ on a Saturday. Um, and then uh, from there, yeah, the maze uh, through that whole uh, process of being a site queue. Um, it's interesting how throughout that year, your, your mindset kind of changes at first. It's all about, um, you know, man, I got to find people on the schedule and you're worried about that. And then it kind of moves into, okay, you're kind of tracking who's there, who's showing up, who's not, who's the consistent people there. Just trying to make sure you're keeping all the new guys, um, attending. And then, uh, obviously you got to start thinking about, okay, well, do I pass this flag to? Uh, and then, you know, your kind of final stages are really, really driving home the, the picking up the six and watching out for, watching out for all the packs. Um, so it, it is fun to kind of reflect on that last year of, of kind of that process and, and how you work through it. Hmm. What, um, you know, as you think about that, one of the things that came to mind, so hard hat, I think when he was psyched at the maze had started this like really comprehensive data tracking did you by by the time you took over were you still doing that is that still going on at the maze it is okay um, it was the week prior to passing that i think i caught up on the last three months okay nice <laughs> nice but, uh, well yeah it is a very extensive uh spreadsheet uh it keeps track of yeah um each each new guy how many times they've posted at the maze, how many times they've led at the maze, um, date of last post. I mean, it's got, it's got a ton of good information in there. Gotcha. Well, that's, you know, there's a tool called Pax Miner. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but that's one that, you know, I know hard hat's a huge advocate for. We just haven't been able to implement it, but it does a lot of the same stuff. I'm always joking with, with the guys on like, we, we could automate all of this stuff if we didn't, um, you know, if we had Pax Miner, but anyway, that's a separate podcast. I'm sure. Um, tell me about, you know, the, I guess from a reinvigorating male community leadership standpoint, 
what do you feel like you gain from, you know, maybe it's your VQ or being a site queue that you've been able to apply to other areas of life, anything from, from that space? Uh, so I would say through that process, it's probably just, um, you know, you kind of redefine your own understanding of what leadership is. Hmm. You're going out and you're you're doing those things that you're uncomfortable with. I feel like it it then um, you see that within your daily life, whether it's work or home, you you're okay doing some of those uncomfortable things because you have the experience now of doing it in the gloom. Um, yeah, from my perspective, I think that's the that's the big one for me um, with with the site queue and the VQ. Yeah. Definitely sort of a sense of, of confidence. I noticed that the euphoria feeling for me, at least is just, it just renews that like, Oh yeah, I have, I have the ability to like put a plan together and execute and get some people to follow, even though, you know, guys that show up in the morning are, you know, they're kind of choosing that, but it just, it just sort of reaffirms this idea of like, okay, I, I kind of know how to lead here. Right. I think I can apply this at, at work or at home for sure. What, um, just curious, anything else from a site queue perspective that you feel like you really enjoyed or, or maybe benefited uh, you that maybe you weren't expecting? Yeah, I, I think it was just knowing that every Thursday morning that I was going to show up at the maze was going to be a great morning. Um, yeah. Really no different than any other site, but um, yeah, it was, it was all about the packs. It was the pre-runs, the pre-rucks, um, the beat downs themselves. We had some some fun ones. We had some really hard ones. Um, but overall it was, it was always a fun time, uh, getting to know some of the newer guys that were out, um, whether they had started as a new guy at the maze or not. Um, yeah, it was really about kind of taking yourself out of just being a PAX member each week and really trying to talk to some more people, get a good understanding of where they were at. And how we could meet them where they're at, um, not only from the site level, but um, you know, all of F3 Omaha. Yeah. And remind me, so we, I think we opened Labyrinth like right before you took the flag. Yes. And so then talk to me about having sort of a, a sister site or a, you know another site right next to you. How did that relationship go with sort of Ozark and the, the guys posting at the Labyrinth, all the runners? <laughs> Yeah, it was fun because a lot of the mornings, um, somehow, some way, we would cross paths, and you know, we'd have to do monkey humpers and the standard uh, uh, pass by. Uh, yeah, it also we did a couple site queue swaps. Ozark and I did, so those were those were fun. Uh, there was a morning um, I won't name any names, but somebody decided it'd be a good idea. I actually think you were queuing that day. But... Yeah, I think I was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, decided to go grab the labyrinth flag and basically steal it and bring it down to the maze. So yeah, there's always some shenanigans going on. Yeah, that, I want to say that was Griswold's idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna blame him. I think I don't know uh, whose idea that was. I think it's actually the site queue at the maze now is whose idea it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. No, I, talk to us about that. The succession planning and sort of what what went into that. Yeah. Um, so Dekine during the uh, the flag pass, you know, had made the comment of, I'm sure I wasn't Obi-Wan's first choice. And 
So to set the record straight, you know, as a site queue, you're, you're always kind of watching out for the packs of who, who could potentially take the flag. And uh, you kind of have a short list, right? And I had not talked to anybody, uh, but I'd been hearing some other sites that have been choosing some people. And it was, you know, they were maybe six, eight months out. And it was like, oh, man, I better get on this. So uh, timing worked out just the way that it did shortly after I'd had some of those conversations. Uh, the kind actually reached out to me and said, hey, do you have a plan for the mace? And him being on the short list, it, it was a no-brainer of, man, if somebody's willing to ask and, and is ready to be that leader of a site, um, by all means, yeah, we, we discussed it a little bit, went through some stuff, and yeah, he, he, he started at the maze, um, pretty regular at the maze, and just one of those guys that he's just, he's that gravity sometimes that people are just pulled to him. So, um, yeah, to me, it was a no-brainer. Yeah. It seems like more guys are doing that too, where they're reaching out and saying, Hey, I, w I want to be a site queue. And I just, I love, I love that idea. Cause we're really trying to, we're trying to really empower everyone to lead and not, not necessarily wait to be asked. Right. I mean, if you, if you're passionate about something, you want to do something, you're looking for an opportunity, like bring it up, right. Ask somebody, ask a site queue, say, Hey, you know, is there an opportunity for me to do X, Y, Z. Right. And, and, you know, I think as F3 Omaha gets bigger, like we want to support every guy in what they're, what they're passionate about, what they're trying to do. And maybe that's being a site queue, maybe that's some third F event, uh, but we don't know unless you bring it up. Right. So I think, um, uh, yeah, I love that, that approach. Um, so you had him sort of identified then pretty early on in the journey. Yeah. Throughout just being at the maze and then um, even being at other, other AOs. Um, he's just the guy that stuck out on the crowd. Yeah. I love it. What, um, anything else that you can think of that maybe, you know, I don't know if maybe you have advice for guys that are listening or for F and G's or for other site cues or maybe anything else you would want to share from your uh, journey that we haven't touched on. Yeah. I, I think you actually kind of touched on it just a little bit ago of, um, yeah, if, if guys have ideas for whether it be a third F event or like, Tea Party just did the downtown Friday night beat like yeah. share those ideas, get get something set up. Um, it, I think it's really cool that people are just are thinking outside the box and uh, and, and executing those things. So that'd be one thing. Um, other than that, just just keep posting. I mean it's yeah. it's amazing. This is definitely the uh, the most consistent um, thing that I've probably ever done in my life outside of work. Um, <laughs> yeah. so there's obviously something working in a reason of why we're there every morning and why we keep coming back. So for, for the newer guys, the, the, the thing that I would say is just keep posting, keep, keep finding those guys that you, it always seems like some of the new guys that kind of start at the same time end up having really good relationships with each other. Um, so just just keep keep talking to everybody, keep keep those relationships going, and, and just keep posting. Yeah, hey, I want to get your thoughts on something. So so you know you kind of you start F three, you do your VQ, then you become a site queue. And I think we're all used to in the in the workplace, right? Sort of climbing the climbing the ladder, right? So that once I'm a you know once I'm a 
this role, then I become this role. But so now, so you're a site queue, then you hand that off. How do you see your role now? What do you see? You know, I think the consistency is key, but just, you know, sometimes we see guys drop off right after they hand that flag off and um, maybe it's an identity sort of thing where they don't know where they fit, but how do you see it? I think you shift into um, giving it back, yeah. right? There was, there was countless guys that allowed me to do my VQ, to become a site queue, to just be out there every day um, and, and become who I've become. So I think it's just giving everybody that opportunity, um, no matter how long you've been there, uh, to, to just basically be whatever you want to be within F3 and just keep, um, yeah, just, just keep, keep pushing some people, um, and, and meet people where they're at. Yeah. I love that. That's perfect. I, I do. I would totally agree. I mean, I think it's just keep giving it away, keep being consistent, find, find ways to encourage the new guy that shows up next, you know, that next F and G that shows up and is like, what is this crazy cult thing? You know, <laughs> try to help them navigate. Um, I do want to get uh, one one last question from you here. Is just you know, current in your current life uh, with everything going on, where do you need the most you know prayers or encouragement from guys that are listening? If we see out there, what what's something we could be encouraging you on? Yeah, right now, um, definitely with our our son starting kindergarten, we got a new routine to get down. Um, he's kind of in that good honeymoon phase right now where stuff's new. Uh, so just my family in general, uh, is, is kind of what comes to mind first. Um, you know, we, we don't want to ever think about it as a, as a burden or anything. Um, so it's just, just continue to work through that. Um, you know, whether it be, uh, my M and I's marriage, uh, our relationship with both our kids. Um, so yeah, just, just in that, in that general area, uh, is probably where front of mind right now, uh, where we're at in life. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely a, definitely a good, good one. I'll be praying for you on that. I'm sure, you know, any transition is hard, but I think just, you know, different circumstances could make things more or less challenging. So definitely, We'll be praying for you on that, man. Hey, I appreciate you just taking time to share and be vulnerable and uh, give us a little more more insight. Um, I still, uh, it's funny to me that the Star Wars that your parents were not Star Wars fans. I don't know how that how that happened, but um, maybe that's that's another episode. <laughs> well, let's uh, we'll do a little bit of Namorama. I'll start us off. Brandon Fleharty, thirty-seven. The plague. The plague. <laughs> Henry Kenobi, thirty-six. Obi Wan. Obi-Wan, and this is where we say only hope. And, and is it is it officially, do we say you're our only hope, or we just just blurt out only hope? What's uh, How does that go? Yeah. Yep, you're our only hope. But, you're uh, you're our only hope. Immediately, I, that I always want to say is, no, <laughs> F3 is our only hope. Oh, there we go. Okay. I, maybe I'll work that into the title for the episode. <laughs> awesome, man. It was good to see you. Have a good rest of your day. Yeah, thanks, Blake. See you. Later.